0: finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm an actress in the SAG union and we're on strike. I totally support my fellow actors and we need to get paid more money, but honestly, Shauna, I am so completely freaked out about my money and how long this is going to last. Got any words of wisdom for me? Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. so good to have you back for another Ask Shauna episode. If you can't hear my voice, I have been sick the last couple of weeks. So I've got a little bit of a froggy voice. I don't know why this always happens to me every time I get sick. It is so infuriating. I usually get a cough and no matter what I do, this is just my body's reaction. I also have never really gotten sick in the summer. So it's a little bit of a head scratcher. I'm a little perplexed by that. But here we are, it's summer, and I have been sick. And it's not been an enjoyable experience because July is actually my birthday month. So I like to take July a little bit slower. I have a vacation in July. And so, getting sick is just not part of the plan, but here we are. <laughs> so, hopefully, my voice holds up through this episode. We're going to just give it a go and see what happens here. I was so excited to do this episode because I think it's very timely. This was an Ask Ashana question that came from Bridget. And if you haven't been watching the news, the SAG union and the after union, so actors and writers have been on strike. They are demanding more money, of course, you know, in this world of streaming, they have been getting very little money. And of course, all of the the companies, the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Amazons, Paramount, you know, you name it, they all have been making bank. (laughs) They've been making quite a lot of money. But they found a way, as most companies that are public companies usually end up doing, which is not trickling that money down to the people that are actually creating the content, which is absolutely insane because without the actors or the writers, there's nothing to put on your network. But I digress. (laughs) I have a lot of friends who are in those unions who are striking and a lot of them have told me that they are making peanuts like cents, off of reruns of big shows of big movies. And they just got to a point where they're just so completely fed up with the system and being taken advantage of. So I am in full support of you, Bridget, and everybody else that's in these unions. And whether you're in a layoff or furlough, a strike or a walkout, it's really hard to balance your desires for more money with the reality of losing money and then not being able to potentially pay your bills. There's always that fear because... You never know how long the strike is going to go on for. So I have found that this kind of money stress can really create a form of trauma, really create a form of money trauma that can have long lasting results. So for example, let's say that you grew up in a household where money was always tight, where there was a feeling of, I don't know, are we going to be able to pay our bills? How are we going to be able to pay our bills? parents were stressed out about money, whatever it might be, when you find yourself in this situation of striking something that you feel really good about, but also creates this panic and fear, if you've had that in your childhood, it's really easy for your brain and body to just feel like they are back in that experience. And so you suddenly feel like you're a kid again, and you suddenly feel like you're back in that panic and fear over whether your parents are going to be able to pay the bills. That's how money trauma works. It's very sneaky. And if this is your first experience with this kind of feeling, it can also create a form of money trauma within you that has long lasting results. And anytime in the future, you're in a similar situation as well. You can feel totally just out of your mind, out of your body, panic and fear. So this happened, this happened to me uh, many, many, many years ago in my previous life, as I call it, in my previous marriage. My ex-husband was fired from a pretty high-level entertainment job. And it was a Memorial Day weekend. It was like a Thursday or a Friday before Memorial Day weekend. I can't remember. All I know was Memorial Day weekend was absolutely terrible. And every Memorial Day weekend from that point on, I have like, something that happens in my in my body, I just feel nervous, and I feel off center. And I really have to remind myself that that moment in time created money trauma in me created money stress. And my brain and body are just doing naturally what they're programmed to do, which is feel like I am back in that situation. So it's usually a mix of fight or flight or sometimes Freeze, those emotions where you just feel stuck and you feel kind of cloudy. So I spent the entire Memorial Day weekend, that weekend, on the couch. I was either sleeping or I was watching Golden Girls reruns. And the, the fantasy that I had created in my head was that all the women from the Golden Girls were my grandma's and they were hugging me through the TV. And so I got completely immersed in their world. And oh, I couldn't, I just couldn't carry on another conversation because I couldn't, I couldn't bring my brain to think about how in the world were we going to pay all our bills. I was working, of course, but I wasn't making enough money at that time to cover everything. And he was making a fair amount of money. And that was a huge loss. I was already working in the money field. I was just kind of a newbie in the money field. And so my brain is the type of brain that goes straight to strategy, <laughs> to trying to figure everything out. And ugh, it's exhausting, it's absolutely exhausting. So the Golden Girls, they helped me just kind of pause that. And I think Bridget, anybody else listening who's been through this Freaking out is the first emotion you feel. And it's hard to operate from a place of strategy and good thinking when you're freaked out because your brain, it can't focus on seeing all the puzzle pieces and seeing how to make all the math work. It just, it just can't. But it's a human emotion and it's very real. So what I found was talking about my fears and my stress with friends or family members, That was actually very helpful because talking helps. It helped me feel like, okay, at least some other people understand what I'm going through right now. They can't help me financially. They're not sending me a check for money to fill in the blank, but it was just enough to lower my stress level so that I could think more clearly. (laughs) But it took a lot, right? It took Golden Girls, it took all my favorite comfort food, it took my very fluffy, amazing cat at the time, Sophie was her name, I uh, miss Sophie so much, she was laying right next to me and it just took a lot of stuff to get me to a place where I felt like, okay, I am I'm mentally okay <laughs> at this particular point in time to go in and look at my numbers so Bridget, your, your Ask a question came in. Again, I thought it was so timely. There was also this article in the Washington Post that I just read the same day I got your question. And it talks about five money lessons uh, to learn or to think about when you're going through a strike or a furlough or layoff or anything. And I thought this would be really interesting to talk through these in this episode. So I'll link the article in the show notes if you want to go through and read the full article. But the first point it talks about is always looking for ways to slash your spending. Again, when you're in the panic, the fear, the stress, the doom, the gloom, everything's going to implode. That's not the time to take a strategic look at your money. So do whatever you need to do. Go for a walk, listen to some music, eat, eat a whole plate of brownies, do whatever you need to do to get yourself in in at least enough of a calm state that when you look at the numbers, you're not going straight for panic. But the first thing I would look for is, what is the excess? So are there extra subscriptions there that you can cancel that you're honestly not gonna miss? Or are there subscriptions there that you can pause? So maybe you have like a clothing subscription or a food delivery subscription. Can you pause those just for a couple of months that money then won't be coming out. Do you have a gym membership you could pause for a couple of months? Putting on something on pause is not the end of the world. It doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't. There's no judgment attached with it, right? You're just, you're doing strategy when it comes to your money. And then can you look at things like your credit card payment? Let's say that your minimum payment is $25, but let's say you've been putting an extra $200 on that payment because you have some debt you want to be paid off. Can you just pay $25, the minimum payment, for a couple of months? Save that 200 bucks. Yes, I know you're going to be incurring interest. I fully understand this. But when you're in a moment like this, you're trying to figure things out, it's okay to put a pause. It's okay to pause your your retirement contributions for a couple of months. It is not going to be the end of the world. So look for anything that you can pause that you can stop, that you can just lower the amount on. Any of those things are going to be extraordinarily helpful to you. Then what I want you to do, if you've not done this before, is I want you to create what I call a foundation number. So I want you to look at all your expenses and I want you to say, what is the amount of the stuff I have to pay? My rent, my mortgage, my car payment, my car insurance, my minimum student loan, my cell phone, my utilities, What are the things that I absolutely have to pay? Write those down, write the numbers next to them. Add all of those up. That gets you what I call your foundation number. That is the minimum amount of money it costs to operate your life. So then you know what that number is. So if you are a deficit a couple of months, you can figure out what is the gap in there? What do I need to take from savings? Or do I need to get a second job or a side hustle or something? What is that gap? I am trying to fill the cool thing about doing this process. If you can put your brain in this perspective is that when the money starts flowing back in, you've already created this really cool structure around your money, this really great thinking around your money. You can unpause the things that you really need. Maybe there are some things you're like, I don't even, I don't even think I need that. Like maybe I have two food deliveries. I don't need the second one get rid of it. You got extra money now. Take that extra money and put it somewhere else. Put it towards your debt payoff or put it in your emergency fund. Do something with that, right? But it creates this great basis for you. Now you know your foundation number. Now you know that you can pause and stop and do things when you need to. So you've given yourself a boost of confidence that you can do this. You can survive. And it doesn't have to be so traumatic next time through, if there is a next time through, and my hope is that there isn't a next time through, but I know with money, (laughs) things are a little finicky, right? And life is a little kooky crazy. So what I want you to start building is some self-confidence that you can handle these moments of money stress that maybe unlike me, maybe you take one day to watch Golden Girls reruns and eat three boxes of mac and cheese. The other two days you're like, you know, all right, I got it. I got it. I've been through this before. I can do this. I'm going to go back into my money toolkit, pull out my money tools and start getting to work. So that's my hope for you. But it, I know it takes a lot to get to that place. I'm just being completely honest. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. So we're talking through this Ask Shauna question from Bridget, and we're going to talk about another money lesson from this Washington Post article. The second thing it talked about was to save enough to cover at least two missed paychecks. This is amazing to do in retrospect, not great to do when you're actually in a strike or in a layoff or furlough moment, but again, this is all about money prep and setting yourself up for success. So if you've done the first steps, figuring out your foundation number, going through your spending, kind of trimming some of that fat, you can do this again at any point in time. You don't have to be in one of those panic times in your life. You can do this right now and it's best to do it right now when you're not stressed out or you're not in a strike or a layoff or whatever it might be. I tend to disagree a little bit with this. I think two missed paychecks is, I don't, that doesn't feel like enough, honestly. I would feel much more comfy if you were able to save enough for three or four missed paychecks. The more you can save, the better off you're going to be. But I guess if you can cover at least two missed paychecks, that is certainly better than, than nothing. Um, so, you know, I, kind, I think you got to kind of think about your situation, you got to look at your numbers, and you got to look at where you're at, maybe you already have a beefy emergency fund set up, so that, you know, if you were laid off or furloughed or on strike for a few months, it wouldn't be that big of a deal for you. If you're someone who lives pretty close to the edge every single month, pretty paycheck to paycheck, again, there's nothing wrong with that, that this is just the reality of life. I fully understand, but what we want to work to do is put some sort of gap between what you're earning and what you're spending enough so that you have a little bit of extra room that you can start saving because I've... Gosh, I've spoken to so many people and so many friends that look me dead in the face and say, I don't have to worry about a big emergency fund because my job is safe, my career is safe, nothing's going to happen to me, and I don't want to be the voice of dread and doom, but I want to be the voice of reality. If I'm going to be like your big sister here talking to you, I got to also share with you that shit happens in life. (laughs) And it's really tough to set up your emergency fund when you're in a panic mode. So if you can work ahead of time, that would be fantastic. You know your foundation number. You know how much money you need each and every month. Work to figure out how to build an emergency fund to cover that. Now, again, I'm a big proponent of putting your savings in some sort of high-yield savings account, especially right now. If you're listening to this episode In 2023, saving account rates are at an all time high. In a high yield savings account, you can get four to 5%. And that is way higher than most bank savings accounts are paying. So, in my world, money, more money, I should say, is always more money. So, if you're already saving money, you already have money in a savings account, I would much prefer you making four and a half percent interest versus. 0.3% interest that you're getting in your bank savings account. Is it going to be a gigantic amount of extra money? No, but it's more money. So in this whole world of like trying to figure out how to maximize our money in the best way possible, we also need to look at things like interest rates. So just my two cents on that. There are lots of articles out there about the best high yield savings accounts. I'm a huge fan of Ally Bank. Discover has a good one, uh, American Express has a good one, um, Marcus is, is fairly decent, so there are lots of places that you can go to for a great high-yield savings account. Yes, the downside is you can't drive up to the bank like you can the big major banks, but honestly, I've had a high-yield savings account for years, and I, I I don't miss any of that. I can transfer my money back and forth, everything works fantastic. And I love getting these emails that I'm getting recently, which are like, oh, we've increased your interest in your savings account. Brilliant. It's just fantastic and I love it. And it's a great place to put extra money. I will say one of the cool things about Ally Bank is that they let you set up multiple savings accounts. So I'm a big fan of setting up a savings account and naming it for whatever goal you have. So you could have literally a savings account that is my paycheck account so you know that that money is there if something happens you strike you get laid off you furloughed or whatever you know that money is there you could also label it your FU fund you could also label it you know for whatever goal you have maybe a trip or a car you're saving up for house or whatever it might be i think it just works really great for your brain (laughs) To be able to look at your savings accounts and be like, oh, wow, okay, look how much money I have saved for my home account. Look how much money I have saved in my FU account. Look at it. Like, I'm really doing great. I just think your brain gets so juiced and excited about those things that it keeps you motivated to keep saving and to keep going towards your money goals. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards, will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So we got a couple more here on our list to go through and thankfully about 10 minutes more. I think that's about the extent my voice is actually going to hold up for this episode. So hopefully you stick here with me. The next thing that talked about was communicate with your creditors. And I think this is great advice. There is a fear when you're in a situation, you're not sure how you're going to be able to pay your bills to just run and hide and not want to deal with anything. But sometimes communicating with your creditors and telling them, hey, I'm on strike right now. My income is reduced or non-existent at this time. Is there any way I can work out some sort of payment plan or pause my payment or anything like that? So really, I think the more honest you can be, the better off it is for you. So if you have a mortgage, I would definitely call your mortgage lender and talk to them about the situation you're in. I feel like people are people are a little easier to deal with now that we've gone through the pandemic and so many things had to shift and change and pause and all sorts of things like that. So, you know, I would really just try to talk with them about what's going on in the reality of the situation, how long you think it might be. And not every creditor is going to offer you something, but a lot of creditors will. And that could be very helpful, especially if You don't have a big emergency fund saving. You figured out your foundation number and you're trying to figure out how in the world do I do this? So I have found that when you're talking to a creditor, I think it's best if you call them on the phone. I know that so many places now you can just chat online with people, but I think the best advice is if you're calling and you're asking for some sort of financial assistance help, To have your voice, to be able to hear the tone in your voice is really important. And so I want you to just talk clearly. You might be emotional and that's okay as well. But, uh, you know, I think, again, really be honest with them. Really be honest about the place you're in. I know we had an expert on a couple of months ago talking about medical debt, Dr. Virgie and I think her advice would be great in this situation. If you're dealing with medical debt, maybe you were in the hospital or someone in your family was in the hospital and you're paying that off as well, call and ask about financial assistance programs. There are a lot of them out there that would be here to to help you. And even if it helps for just a couple of months, hey, that's better than nothing. I think a lot of things with money come down to just You being willing to talk about it and you being willing to ask questions, the worst they can say is no. And no isn't such a bad outcome. At least you know the situation and at least you know you've asked the question. The next lesson, we've already talked about this, the idea of delaying your debt reduction plan. So I understand the stress and fear and anxiety that debt student loan debt, credit card debt, whatever it might be. It is definitely an added ingredient into the situation. But now is not the time for you to make aggressive payments on those accounts. Again, you want to look for the minimum payments. Can I make the minimum payments? You could call your credit card company. You could ask for an interest rate reduction. Again, tell them the situation you're in and uh, see what options that you have available. I understand that student loan debt might be your thing. You just really want to get rid of it. Maybe through the whole pandemic, you've been making extra payments on your student loan. Great, fine, fantastic. Pause those for a couple of months. Take that extra money and use that to beef up your cash cushion. Because a lot of times you don't know how long the strike or the furlough or the layoff, you don't know how long that is going to last. So it's all about giving yourself as much of a runway as humanly possible so that you can figure out what plan B is. Um, another thing to think about, again, is, again, I realize this is taking on more debt, but you could also look at getting a personal loan. There are a lot of places out there, Lending tree, um gosh, so many different places where you can get a personal loan if your credit score is good. Now, yes, part of the requirement for getting the loan is your job and your paycheck. So if you're newly on strike or newly furloughed, you could use a previous month's paycheck to uh, state your income, if you will. You could also get a cosigner. So The objective of getting a personal loan is that it creates more cash flow for you. Yes, you're going to have another payment that you have to make, but maybe that interest on that personal loan is much lower than the interest rate on your credit card. So if you're looking at, well, gosh, I might just have to put like a lot of my expenses on a credit card and just let it ride for a couple of months. I would suggest looking at a personal loan and seeing if that might be an option I want you to just have as many options as humanly possible. And this goes back to just being able to kind of think clearly about your money, about the situation you're in, and really having that awareness of how much money is leaving my bank account every single month and where is that going? And can I find any areas of opportunity to change that, pause that, lower that payment? and use that extra money to continue to fund your life for a couple of months, if needed. My hope is, of course, Bridget, my hope for you is that the strike ends fairly quickly and that you get what you need and that your income starts again very soon and that you're not in this place of panic. But if anything through this, my hope is that you can, you can figure out that you actually do have a lot of tools in your money kit. And you can make it through a situation like this and, and be okay. So the last tip that this article talked about was view your credit card as a frenemy. (laughs) And I love this. It says, if you can't pay the credit card bill off by next due date, you are living beyond your means. This is exactly when you should see credit as the enemy. And I agree with that. And, you know, obviously, Interest rates right now and credit cards are exceptionally high because the interest rate has continually been raised by the Fed. So that impacts your your credit card interest rate. You might not even know what your credit card interest rate is right now. Most of us walk around not knowing that, but it's likely increased over the last couple of months. So if you are carrying debt, it's getting more and more expensive. But when you're in a moment like this and you're just trying to figure out how to make all the pieces work... Sometimes the credit card is the only option you have. So if that's you, if you're in this place, I want you to know that, yes, it's not the best money move to make. It's a very expensive money move. So I want you to exhaust all of your other options before you would turn to your credit card. But it's also not the end of the world if For a couple of months, you need to use your credit card to just make things work. My hope is that on the other side, when you start making more money, you will come out with a plan to be able to pay that debt off relatively quick within a couple of months, would be my hope. But I think we've created this society where there's a belief that if you have to turn to your credit card, you are the most horrible person (laughs) ever. And I think that is just ridiculous because sometimes, again, that is the only option. Now, the problem is, is if we keep going to our credit card and we keep racking up the debt, everything is just more and more expensive. So we have to figure out a way to start whittling down that debt, whether it is bringing on an extra job and using that money towards paying off debt, or it really is reducing the expenses in your household for a couple of months to start to really make a dent in your, in your credit card debt, whatever it might be. But I don't want you to feel like it's the worst thing if you have to turn to your credit cards. I know that I've certainly done that quite a few times in my life. It's not something that I would have wished would have been my only option, but uh, sometimes you got to look at what you have available and just kind of work within it. So whether you're in a strike like Bridget or you're not, maybe you're in a really good place, I would use some of these lessons and some of these things that we talked about to set yourself up so that you have options when something does happen in life. And I know it's not fun to think about the downsides with money and to think about, protecting myself and setting things up. that That isn't a fun conversation. It's not the sexy part of money, but it can be really sexy when you're in a moment and you need to actually use this money. That's when it becomes like really se- sexy. Like, oh, thank God, I actually, I actually did this. I actually set up this uh, kind of life vest system, if you will, for myself. So you know, take what lessons work for you, Bridget. My heart is with you and everybody else that's out there striking. I hope that it comes to a very swift resolution and that you get what you need and that your income boosts back up. And to anyone else listening that you're in the same situation, my hope is absolutely the same for you as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it with somebody right now. Please, if you've not done this before, head on over to the link in the show notes or to Apple Podcasts, leave an honest review for the show. We've got a big goal of hitting a thousand reviews in August, and we're still about 300 and some odd away from that. So it would mean a lot to me if you would do that as well. I will see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.